I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Bregnell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kidinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Viggy from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiberstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK, and you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. Welcome back on to yet another edition of Run with Coach Parry. My name is Brad Brown. It's brilliant to have you with us. And uh, before we get into today's podcast, a massive thank you to the sponsor of this edition. Uh, it is brought to you by Biogen. If uh, you are looking for some help on your journey to whatever your goal is, we want to help. All you need to do is use the hashtag Biogen Journey, okay? Uh, tell us what you're training for, what you need help with, and you could be a winner. We're giving away three months' access to the Coach Perry online training platform. Uh, just use that hashtag. Biogen Journey. It's as simple as that on various social media platforms, and we'll pick it up and we could be making you a winner. Uh, it's all part of uh, the, journey that we, uh, the journey that we're helping Hobbo. You would have heard him on the podcast just a few weeks ago uh, as he builds up to his very first Ironman 70.3. He's doing amazingly well. He's uh, lost half a Backstreet Boy, and uh, yeah, he's just looking amazing. He's fit and strong. Uh, and just getting stronger by the day. So definitely, if you haven't listened to the last chat we did with Hobbo, go back two or three episodes. You'll be able to find it there uh, just as he finished his first uh, triathlon and as he builds up towards that 70.3 in Derbs uh, in June. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be touching base with a former race walker turned runner. Normally goes the other way around, but Mark Fontpin has done it that way around. Uh, and we'll chat to him a little bit about uh, what he's training for, what he's working towards. Uh, got some great questions as well, so make sure you stick around for that. Lindsay joins us once again on today's podcast, and I'll be sharing another uh, story out of our success forums. See, they keep popping up, and I love reading them. So we'll share another one uh, with you towards the end of this episode. And if you're running Comrades in 2019, I've got some amazing, amazing news for you. But you're going to have to stick around till the end of uh, this podcast for me to tell you what's happening. But it's big news and it's a massive announcement. You're going to love it. Uh, it's all coming up on the other side of our chat with Mark. Well, we head to Joburg today to... Sorry, Mark, before I actually do that, how do I pronounce your surname? I just realized I didn't ask you. Is it Fontpin? Yeah. Perfect. I just wanted to make 100% sure. We head to Joburg now to catch up to uh, with another one of our members of our online community, Mark Fontpin. Mark, welcome on to Run with Coach Perry. Hi there. Great to be here. Mark, it's good to, good to have you on. You are very active in our forums. You've got tons of questions. You keep the coaches on their toes, and that's what we love. Uh, before we get into your questions and, and sort of Lindsay's feedback on your, your training uh, uh, questionnaire, tell, tell me a bit about your, your running background. How long have you been running? How did, how did you get into it? Okay. Uh, I've actually only been running as such uh, since about April 2016. Uh, prior to that, I uh, was race walking for about five years. Um, it's not the usual progression, but uh, I had some knee injuries uh, at school. Um, so I thought it uh, would uh, be best to do walking to, uh, to restrict the damage on my knees. Uh, as I've uh, gotten stronger quads, uh, it's meant that I'll be able to uh, switch up to running. Yeah, brilliant. And, and some of the goals, I mean, obviously, I mean, you talk about the race walking, but the switching to running, what, what are some of the goals? What have you been able to achieve? What are you, what are you working towards? Okay. So, uh, 
my goal this coming year is the Comrades. Um, I uh, managed to, well, let's see. It's just over a year that I did my first marathon, which was Soweto. Um, so that was in, uh, I finished that in 449. Uh, this year I proved that by about 40 minutes. Um, and yeah, I've always, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in a town, uh, in Westport. So, uh, every year, yeah, the whole town would come to stop and, uh, yeah, we'd go out and watch comrades. So it's always been a uh, part of my, uh, part of my life. And yeah, now I realize that I've actually got a chance to, uh, to, to do it. And such. I love it, uh, guys. In KZN, if, I mean, by birth you get sucked into doing the race, so it's it's amazing. I'm going to hand you over to Lindsay now. Lindsay's got your your training questionnaire with with a bit of your your sort of times and, and running background. Lindsay, your initial thoughts on on sort of Mark's uh, I don't want to use the word pedigree, but pedigree is probably the best way to do it. Looking looking at his times, what what, what do you see? Yeah. So look, the first thing that does pop out to me is that um, it's really been a sensible approach you know? so you know, whatever the reason the you know, rugby injury sore knees or the, or the concern about damaging your knees really what you've done is go about it in a really systematic progressive way and that really shows in in your time so if we look at your 5 10 21 and marathon times and the the 5k is is the, slightly the outlier because it's at sea level. But when I do a, a sea level altitude estimation, then actually your five, your ten, your half, and your and your marathon time they line up pretty well. Um, and that tells us that as you improve, you're going to improve across the the, the spectrum. Um, the one thing that just came out now, and I mean, I, I should know that because uh, you did put it in the in the forum. But of course, that four eleven was at Soweto, so that's actually probably a bit better than so. Although it, it although it no, says that uh, well, my four eleven marathon time was uh, last year. Was where? Sorry, uh, uh, Robo. Oh, okay. All right. No, but then that, okay. So then that makes perfect sense. So essentially everything lines up really nicely. Um, and it tells us that based on your, your kind of speed ability right now, that's not to say that it can't be improved, but where it lies right now, you, you're converting quite nicely to the marathon distance. And that also then in turn means that your target time for comrades is absolutely realistic. And I think going forward, with the approach that you're taking and, and because the, let's say, the balance of your training is you've got the balance right. So therefore you should improve a bit on the fast end and you will definitely improve a lot on the, on the top end. Uh, so, you know, by the time you get around to, to comrades, I think that your target goal will probably be closer to 10, 10, 15. Rather than 10, 15, 10, 30, which is right now the 10, 10, 20 to, tw to 10, 30 is the appropriate goal. Um, but yeah, I think you'll be able to reassess that come March, April, uh, and, and potentially be looking at going closer to 10. Right. 
Um, yeah, so look, you did send through a, a whole list of, of questions. So, I mean, you may have some new ones or whatever, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the format lends itself well to you, even though I've got the question in front of me. Um, yeah, if you just kind of go through okay. your list and if you've got right, some so, others, uh, add them yes. to the end. First one um, is looking through the uh, training for next year. Um, the difference between a tempo run and a, tri- a time trial. So a, a time trial is almost like a race. So I think for all intents and purposes, it's a race. We're trying to run a given distance in the fastest possible time, be it a 5K or a or a, a, a 10K. Um, sorry, 8K is normally the, the, the more standard distance for a time trial, but it's as, it's as hard as you can. Whereas a tempo run um, can be the best way for me to describe a tempo run to people is to say it's it's a little bit slower than your half marathon race pace. And those uh, tempo runs tend to be either in intervals or a maximum hour and a half uh, type of session. So that's kind of your range. You can split them up a little bit, but but the longest you'll do a tempo run is, is around about an hour and a half. And it's a, it's a fraction slower than your half marathon pace. So there's quite a big difference in intensity between your tempo and your time trial. Okay. All right. Um, then uh, some comments about uh, drinking to thirst uh, that uh, you've recommended. Um, uh, about a year ago, uh, during when I was running, uh, when I started running uh, at a lot of these races, I would, um, yeah, start drinking either water, alternate with water and uh, and coke, uh, a gulp, pretty much every stop. Uh, the last two races that I've done, which is Soweto and Tough One, uh, actually reduced that by maybe thirty percent. Um, and, yeah, Jeremy felt okay, um, had a slight injury with Soweto, so I slowed down towards the end. But with a tough one, around about the 28K mark, I don't know, I just lost focus and was like, you know, why the heck am I actually on the road today? <laughs> I could be somewhere else and... I can't believe that there's still that stupid hill right, you know, right. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's a, if that's a, a sign of dehydration or purely, a, you know, I need to up my mental game. So look, it's probably not dehydration, but it certainly does sound like a, a bit of a, an energy dip. So, um, I mean, how, how, how thirsty were you feeling? through that i mean look it was unbelievably hot that day so um i would i would imagine in those conditions that your that your hydration requirement would increase slightly um even self-reported so i'm just interested to know like how thirsty did you feel in the last 10 k's of that race i, d- I didn't uh, i didn't feel uh, particularly thirsty I, i've made it a point to uh to do quite uh, a fair proportion of my long runs uh, later in the day, so that I get uh, so that I get used to uh, to running in, in hotter conditions. 
So look, that 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 is a that is a good tactic. Um, but even if you're used to it, that doesn't typically that that doesn't preclude you from getting thirsty. But no, look, for me, it just sounds like you've probably gone just a little bit over to the the other side of the the fence, and that you not necessarily need more water, but you certainly do need a little bit more energy, um, and that's typically we take in in the form of um, of energy drink. So for for me, um, look, I don't I don't skip outright skip a lot of tables, um, and it's not it's not a thing that's easy to calculate while you're moving. But I do find that if you have kind of half a sachet um, of water or energy drink at every water station, you probably come out with around about three, 300 mils, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, but you kind of safely in around about 300 mils of, of fluid, which is never going to be too much. Um, it might be a too little in, ex, in, ex, uh, in extreme conditions. But again, as I said, then I typically do feel thirsty and then I know, okay, well, I need to do a little bit more. So I, I think I, I like your, um, the way that you normally do it, which is to say that a mouthful of water or Coke at every station is not a lot of fluid. Uh, and I think that way you're probably getting quite close to getting enough energy in. But this, this definitely to me feels more like a, a, you were tired and low energy. And, you know, if you, if you do get a, a blood sugar dip, remember that our, our brain fuels off glucose. So if your blood sugar drops, then you will get confused, disorientated because your brain isn't getting quite the amount of carbohydrates that it would be li- like to be getting. Right. Cool. What's the next one? Okay. Um, I do most of my training uh, running solo. Uh, probably 90% of my, my runs are like that. Uh, I found it, yeah, at, at one stage I tried running with, with a couple of people, but uh, then it was always difficult to, to judge my pace because, uh, yeah, they might want to run faster or slower and, uh, yeah, maybe not go as far as I wanted or, or whatever. So I've generally been doing a lot of solo uh, running these days. Um, should I be running more uh, with a group of runners? Uh, what what do I lose out by by doing many solo runs? Oh, I mean, you 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 only really lose out on the social aspect. To be honest, I mean, if you enjoy running on your own, you you literally can control all the variables yourself. So there are many advantages to training on your own, uh, but obviously. Uh, the the kind of social impact of running with other people that can be quite positive, but also just knowing, you know, when we get into winter, um, up up here on the on the high felt, and and in particular if you need to train early in the morning, it can be a lot easier to meet people in that than to get up and have to do it on your own. But other than that, and and you know, as you get better and better and, and and perhaps you start looking at running very fast fives and tens and 21s it can be beneficial to have a group where you do your your speed work and hills and that type of thing together so you can push each other but 
you know, if you if you're happy running on your own, you then control everything. It's an it's really is a good way of of training. Um, so no, I mean, if you don't get lonely doing it, I say you you're absolutely fine. Okay. All right. So yeah, and then training routes is it advantageous to to run the same routes over and over? I I like to pick my own route change it up, you know, wander down a new road, you know, maybe explore, get a little bit lost. Um, you know, that's, that's one way I keep engaging with, with, with the run. Uh, so that's, no, it's not better at all. I mean, to, to be honest, to me, there isn't, there isn't a, a, a right or, or, or wrong in, in regards of that. I can tell you that the one advantage that you will have, by doing it the way that you're doing it is that you don't excessively load any particular uh, muscle or muscle group. You know, I, I, my, my, my training partner moved to the, to the UK after we'd been running together for about 10 years. Um, but we had one route that we ran every Wednesday, come hello high water and that finished up Grosvenor. Uh, and over the years, when I look back now, and we've we've had the discussion a few times since he's been gone, we both suffered from similar niggles, same same sort of place on the inside of the knee and and on the and in the glute. Um, and now that he's not here, and I don't drive out there to run that route with him anymore, I haven't had those little niggles at all. So the one advantage is that you're not going to overload. Um, by repeating the same route over and over. And that to me would be a, a big advantage. And look, on the downside, I guess some people say, Oh, but you can't compare your, your progress. But, you know, quite frankly, of course you can. You're going to do enough time trials, races, um, so on. Um, oh, sorry. And, and the other big advantage is it doesn't leave you in a position where you kind of run that same route over and over and are comparing it competitively. So in other words, you, you artificially increasing your pace because you want to run faster this week than last week, for an example. So that's the other big advantage you've got. So you're not losing anything by running a whole lot of different routes. Um, again, I've, I think same as the previous answer, I think mostly you, you are gaining. Okay, great. Um, looking ahead for... Yeah, the bulk of the long runs, uh, weekends. Um, see that generally you've got the, uh, the longer run on the Saturday and a slightly shorter run on Sundays. Uh, I've got a lot of errands to run on Saturdays. So uh, usually uh, I prefer to do the longer run on the Sunday. Do you see anything in terms of quality? You lose nothing. So that is an absolute personal bias from me in that I've just found it easier to do long runs on a, a, a Saturday. It's easier to get um, someone in to watch the kids, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that is literally per, a, a personal bias. So you can absolutely swap those around. The most important thing to remember, though, is that a long run is really just – and it's a very easy training run. So the long runs shouldn't take very much out of us. And that is precisely why it is easy to swap the Saturday or the Sunday around. 
Um, and so if you run easy enough on Sunday morning, by Monday, you should be fairly well recovered from that long run. And certainly by Tuesday, you should be absolutely recovered from the long run. Otherwise, you're just running them too hard. Okay. Uh, on the weekend long runs, uh, well, I um, say in a fairly hilly part of uh, Joburg, um, typically I've got five to 600 meters of elevation in a 25K run. Yeah. Am I, is, is that too hilly? Uh, should I be reserving some of those hills for the, my hill repeats or can I carry on? It's a difficult thing to avoid living in most parts of Johannesburg. So, again, for me, the emphasis isn't so much on avoiding the hills. The emphasis is just on making sure that you run the hills easy. Um, you don't want to be pushing yourself up 500 meters of elevation every time you're going out on a long run. So, um, And look, the, the advantages of having those hills and running lots of hills far outweigh, you know, if you lived in, in Dubai or out in, in the east of Johannesburg where they've got very few hills, the, the advantages of, of getting strong and running those hills and, and getting essentially really well prepared for comrades far outweigh any negatives. But you've just got to be mindful of the fact that 500 meters of elevation is a lot. Um, and so then you don't want to be racing those hills. You just really want to take your time and run them easy. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I have noticed uh, the pr progression. Is, you know, when I started, uh, I'd get 20 meters up the hill and then I'd be down to you know, a walk or a crawl almost by the, by the end. And uh, these days, uh, some of those hills, I can you know, go into low gear and carry on chugging up you know, if, it's, you know, if it's not too steep. Yeah. So, and, and that's what you want to do. And, and one thing that I, that I've meant to say right at the beginning of the call, when I first looked through your questionnaire, but, and, and I, I forgot, but it's, it's definitely worth mentioning that the, the other huge advantage you've got coming off a, a sort of semi competitive walking background is that in comrades in particular, we need to do a lot of walking. Mm. Um, and so because you are probably quite an efficient walker, you want to use that as a as a strength. So the the walking for you in particular, but for all of us, isn't really about a rest per se. So it's not like we, we're not dawdling and getting our breath back. All we're doing is giving the muscles a bit of a rest by utilizing them in a different way. And because you come from the walking background, it means that when you do walk, you're really not going to lose a lot of time. Um, and so one of the things people worry about when they, oh, but if I walk too much, you lose a lot of time. Well, no, because you're supposed to be doing a brisk walk. And typically in the kilometer where you walk, it, it doesn't even cost you 10 seconds. And in your case, gonna, it'll cost you even less. So you really, um, you know, keep that in the back of your mind that, that when you are going up hills, doing a, a little bit of walking on those hills is going to have really, um, positive, energy saving muscle saving but you aren't gonna you're not gonna lose that much time by doing it yeah. part of that hill in a brisk walk and and i've, I've found in the in the past it's quite a confidence booster when i'm uh, uh when i'm race walking up uh some hills and i'm uh, passing a lot of guys who sort of try to run even exactly yeah uh, 
yeah. I, I, I like the point about it uh, engaging different muscles because uh, the one race uh, that we've got penciled in next year, which I'm a little bit worried about, is actually the vol because it's just so flat. Yes. It becomes incredibly repetitive and yeah. Uh, yeah, and, our, and, and and walking will be an excellent way of breaking that, that up a little bit. And again, with with you being able to walk pretty fast, I would say if you chucked in like a one-minute walk break every five to six Ks, that will go a long way to meaning that when you get into the last five to seven Ks at Vol, that sort of discomfort that you're talking about from doing the same thing over and over and over will not be nearly as prevalent. Okay, great. Um, and then another uh, question about, um, yeah, just keeping everything toned and uh, in, in good shape uh, during training. Um, going to physiotherapy, getting massages, getting anything sorted out, how frequently um, would you recommend or just when you, you feel that there's a problem? No, so look, I, I go for weekly massage when, when I'm um, training hard and I encourage my athletes to go once a week, but obviously that's not always financially practical for everybody. So I would say you want to get an actual massage um, as often as pra practical. So uh, I'd certainly encourage people to aim for at least once a month, but yeah, if you can go weekly, that's that's fabulous. Physio becomes more of a when there's an actual issue but again for me that's the other advantage of the weekly massage is that often the massage therapist tells me listen this is something that i'm not re i'm not really going to be able to get out you need to go and see a, a physio so they also can help you see things arrive before they actually become a problem right okay because yeah it's a tactic i'm thinking of to keep yourself injury free during training. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think that's basically the that I had uh, written down. Brilliant. Well, Mark, uh, yeah, some, some great questions there, absolutely. And uh, I, I had a quiet chuckle to myself where you were talking about it's a, a great confidence booster when you're passing people, when you're walking up a hill and they're running. It's a great confidence booster for you, not so much for the guys you're passing up the hill. <laughs> that's that's for sure. And I have the same because I'm I'm six foot forever. Uh, so I've got really long legs and I can walk really fast. So I, I have the same thing. I think I can walk up a hill faster than I can run it. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely get you. Mark, we, we love having you in the forums. You, you're ask such great questions and i think everyone who's in there gets great value out of out of the questions that you're asking so yeah thanks for your input in there we really love having you around okay thanks very much uh, i'm getting a lot of uh, benefit and uh yeah uh looking for a nice relaxed christmas er period uh, and then guns blazing next year yeah absolutely i think uh, i think it's going to be a great year best of luck you know where to find us uh, we look forward to to sort of following your progress up to to val and and obviously beyond to comrades and uh yeah let's let you get that medal i think it's going to be uh, an exciting build-up and uh yeah like you say something that's been sort of in the back of your mind for a long long time and let's make that dream come true it's going to be amazing thanks yeah awesome chatting and that's it i hope you enjoyed our chat with mark thank you very much to the coach as well 
And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Before I go, I mentioned to you that uh, you stand the chance to win with uh, Biogen. All you need to do is use the hashtag Biogen Journey on social media. Let us know what you're training for, what you need help with, uh, and we could be making you a winner. Uh, just post it uh, on either Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter, and we'll pick it up, and we could be making you a winner where you get three months access to the Coach Perry online training platform. On that platform, we've got a success forum. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've been getting some amazing, amazing feedback. Uh, got one in from Fahima Limbada. Uh, and Fahima was saying, Hi, coach, just a note to say thank you for the advice on the tough one. It worked on, uh, I worked on the run walk strategy you advised, especially at 16 to 24 Ks. I cramped really ba- badly at 27 to 30, and I feel really proud of myself to finish, even though it was a bit slower than last year. I did a 354 today, having just come out of surgery recovery. The mind and body is an amazing capsule of potential i also uh, i was also running in memory of a club member who passed away this year while on a run i feel really accomplished well fema well done what a superb effort tough one this year was uh, it definitely lived up to its name that's for sure uh it was hot and incredibly tough and a, a sub four is nothing to scoff at so yeah congratulations to you we love having you part of the coach perry online training community uh and yeah thank you for for sharing that in the forums it is hugely hugely appreciated Don't forget, you can also join us. All you need to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash join to find out more about it. We've got training programs from 5Ks right through to 10, 21, 42. There's two Oceans programs as well as Comrades programs. And uh, the best part about it is you don't just get the program, but you get access to Lindsay and the rest of our coaches in our forums every single day. So you get the help that you need, and most importantly, you get it when you need it. So definitely go check it out. That's coachparry.com forward slash join. And if you stuck around till the end of this podcast, I mentioned at the start, I've got a big announcement about Comrades. The good news is the Comrades Marathon online training seminars or webinars, whatever you want to call them, are back. The first one happening mid-January. We're going to be doing them right through to Comrades Race Day once a month to make sure that you get your Comrades medal, okay? So if you want to find out more, all you need to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash Comrades Seminar, all one word. That's Comrades Seminar, all one word. Uh, The link is in the show notes to this episode of uh, the podcast as well. Make sure you register so that you get all the updates of when they're happening and the reminders so that you don't miss them. If you've never been on one of them, they are amazing. It's your chance to literally, for an hour, find out exactly what you should be doing right now for the next four weeks. We do one once a month. We will tell you step by step what you need to do, okay? Plus, there's an opportunity for you to ask questions of the coach. So uh, check them out. They're absolutely free. That's coachparry.com forward slash comrades seminar. That's where you can get all the details. We'll be talking about those lots in the weeks and months to come, so make sure you check them out. Have yourself a superb one from myself, Brad Brown, and the coach. Cheers.